Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the AT. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors. It's part of the 88 Cup car, the 7-point-leading Xfinity car. Nice work. <laughs> and the time. 29 truck that almost won or did win without me there. Who knows? I know what I know. Brett Griffin, <laughs> Spotter, Clint Boyer. And Elliot Sadler up in the Pocono Mountains, <laughs> where Kristen Bauer was rocking a fan event and a heart-shaped bathtub. <laughs> 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 have you ever seen a heart-shaped bathtub? I have never had one in my room, but I've seen them before. Have you seen one? Kristen? No, I haven't. Did you well, go like in on, one this weekend? We were hoping. Yeah. <laughs> are you and Alan searching for heart-shaped? <laughs> he actually sent me an email the, the week before. He's like, these are the hotel rooms Stephen got us, and it was heart-shaped bathtubs and beds. Yeah. Yeah. Did he really Stunned. have one? No. Oh. How do you sleep on a heart-shaped bed? I'm like your feet are dangling close, off the edge. Close together. <laughs> Curled up in a ball in the middle? Well, not all of us are seven foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I understand heart-shaped bathtubs. Does that do it for anybody? You fill it with love. <laughs> I know, in the Pocono <laughs> Mountains. But if I see it, I like... What is that? <laughs> like, really? I guess if it's heart-shaped, two people can fit in it, kind of, and, like, lay back in the top heart part, but then your feet, your toes touch. But they're clean. <laughs> but that's not the part. <laughs> you need Pokemon? narrow. You need narrow and deep. You're getting hot already. <laughs> Easy, Kristen. <laughs> you don't need, we don't need this oblong-shaped thing. Isn't Pocono's... It's the honeymoon capital of the world, isn't so it? So they say. They say Of that, the country. Let's, let's <laughs> I think honest. it's more of a joke. Like, have you seen the people up there? Have you, have you Don't been talk there? shit about my people. <sighs> yeah. I yeah. saw your people on the infield this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see some of them laying in bathtubs. What? Uh, hey, God. I, your people your people like racing because the stands were pretty full. Is the number one immigration out of West Virginia to Pennsylvania <laughs> or they they're like mountain people. Eleven million people and six last names. Is that how that works up there? <laughs> no, that's Kentucky. <laughs> God. That's so true. Oh, my favorite uh, part of Pocono though is the way the guys shave their beards. <clears throat> You know, they got that Amish-looking thing going on. Like we tried to get Josh to do that time. If he do, so Josh went on a bachelor party this weekend to Lake Tahoe, and I, I managed to run into some people that knew some people there. And could you imagine how attractive Josh would have looked in Lake Tahoe with a beard that looked like an Amish? With no mustache? Yeah. Just the beard? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, Did you guys have heart-shaped bathtubs out there? <laughs> no, no, we sure didn't. How many guys <laughs> went? God. Do I? How many guys went? It was only four of us. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably good. It's yeah. cute. Four. I got to I got to hug a Mastin this weekend anyway. Tara was there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I did. Y'all got any? Did you got any shoe shows up there? <laughs> uh, no, surprisingly not. The closest shoe show was in Carson City, like thirty-five miles away. What? You don't plan ahead. God, <laughs> awful. Are you on the? You were obviously on the Nevada side of yes, Tahoe. So. Yeah. And it was probably, was it cold? Oh God, it was cold. <laughs> he took a picture Jeez. of the pool, Stop and he's Christ. like, "Can't get in the pool." It was uh, the high never got above. Uh, like 58, the lows were in the uh, mid to low 30s. And this was Elliot Mabe that used to work here. This was his bachelor party. Correct. Who planned this? Uh, we went in June. It was 30 <laughs> degrees in June. All this week, it's supposed to be in the 80s. No wonder you can find a shoe show. They're all in fur coats. No kidding. Had, had to stay in the casino the entire time. Yeah, I'm sure you did. You don't look too bad. Like You, you don't look hungover at all. Well, he's, a you, <laughs> he's a professional. <laughs> he's a professional. <laughs> yeah. Take that as a compliment. <laughs> oh, my God. He's a professional. So uh, We just love Pokemon. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Um, the worst part about it is one of the guys that went with us, I guess he might have screwed up his flights or something. He didn't leave Reno until 11.55 p.m. Mm. last night, oh, God. West Coast time. Mm. Red to eye. Go to, to go, no, he's got to connect in Chicago here to get back to Raleigh. Ugh. <laughs> I bet he got back, like, Five minutes. Ago. What, an, <laughs> what an idiot! Probably he's probably <laughs> still not back, and he probably won't be back by the time this gets released. Oh, that sucks. Remember I Wedding Crashers? Flying. What an idiot! <laughs> Almost numbchucked you right there. You don't even realize. <laughs> hey, Ma, the meatloaf. We want it now. That's what Josh's what weekend consisted there? of. Yeah, you, you never know what she's doing <laughs> back there. It's an awesome movie. It, it is a really good movie. Josh lived it this weekend. Did you crash any funerals, bro? Yeah. What? No, we didn't crash any funerals. So give us some, give us some high points, man. What happened? Nah, <laughs> man. Whatever so. happens on a bachelor party in Lake Tahoe stays in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> yes, it definitely happened right. inside. Yeah. It was 50 degrees. Yeah, your isotoners were all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Jaeger. The old, the old take bottom, shots. The bottomless Bloody Mary bar was oh. <laughs> a terrible idea. Certainly wasn't topless. Oh. <laughs> no, it sure wasn't. <laughs> Taking Jaeger shots? No, I took some uh, Jack Daniels fire shots. Ew. Oh, woof. How's that compared to Fireball? <laughs> Similar. Best, basically the same thing. Ah. It's probably more okay. alcohol. People don't realize there's not a lot of actual alcohol in Fireball. It's like a 33% or something. I mean, if you do five or six of them, it's pretty. First time I did it, we were in Vegas, and Denny Hamlin had this room rented, and they didn't buy shots. They bought bottles, and they passed them around, and I literally laid in the fetal position for 18 hours. <laughs> I got up to go to dinner the next night, and I sat down at the MGM for dinner, and I took one bite of my steak, and I put it right back in the napkin, and I went right back to my room. And everybody was like, you was? And I was like, nah, I can't. I'm dying. First time you drink it, it'll kill you. Uh, trucker, our trucker Chris loves Fireball, so I bought him some for this weekend because he was Having he took care time. of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did he mm-hmm. drink it all? <laughs> <laughs> By practice day, he's like, I just want to start drinking this. <laughs> and our sponsor this weekend was uh, Oscar Blues Dale's Pale Ale, so I was like, Hey, we got a beer sponsor. You're just encouraged to drink. Yeah, <laughs> responsible. Dale's Pale Ale is the best on tap. I love it. I got a tap from Kristen. Thank you. Love you, you man. Got a tap. Love it. Woo! A lot of people drink the pinner. Yeah, because it's it's lighter, and so people who normally drink like Miller Lite or whatever Bud Light, it's easier for them. It's easier for their palate. Or yeah. Dale's Pill, you really need to acquire that. Yeah, you got to put some hair on your chest. So TJ, did you uh, did you go to Blaney's last night? I did. 
Did you, uh, did y'all have a cocktail? Just one? I had half a one, maybe. Half a cocktail? Yeah. What time did he get home? Maybe 11.30. That's not terrible. No. That wasn't too bad. No. About the same time I got home. (laughs) Flying across the United States. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It reminded me of, uh, like, Back in the day, whenever Dell Jr. would win, we would get together as just a group of friends. And um, it reminded me of like that, but he was super happy. Um, Dell Jr. actually came by for a little bit, congratulated all the guys and stuff, which I thought was really cool as well mm-hmm. to, to show up and congratulate them guys. And Was that as a landlord or was that as a No, he friend? doesn't own that anymore. That's Brad's place. Oh, so, okay. All right. Yeah. So, so uh, Brad, yeah, Brad's not there anymore, huh? No. He got married, had a kid, had to go. Yeah, had to move out, and then he, Blaney started renting it. So it was fun, man. It was a lot of a lot of people showed up, and and really happy for him. He was carrying around a glass that, um, I think held he had like seven or eight beers in it at a time. Oh, so, and that was in the other hand was a mixed drink. I feel like <laughs> that's, good. that's awesome, man. I feel like, and I don't know Blaney that well, but just from the stories, like I was here when Dell Jr. was in his twenties, Elliot was in his twenties. You know, a lot, of, a lot of young, fun guys came into this deal. I was in my 20s, and we raised hell. I mean, we, we raced our butts off, but we also raised hell when we had a reason to raise hell. These kids now are like, they suck. Blaney <laughs> is on the not suck list. This dude gets after it. So my Who, hat, who is on the suck list? All the people that aren't Blaney. So my <laughs> hats are off to that guy because – He's a fun guy. You know, his his personality is a little bit reserved in the sense of on camera, you know. But in terms of having a social, fun, single life, thank God this guy's here. He's it. Yeah. He, uh, he's like you said, he's quiet. Once you get to know him a little bit, he's not as quiet around mm-hmm. you, and he, he, he opens up a little bit more. But he reminds me a lot of Dale Jr. whenever whenever he, uh, you know, just the way he acts. He, he, he I don't know, just so – no, he just reminds me a lot of him. How, the, trend how he the, the trend in the twenties has been move a girl in, knock her up, and you know just kind of hang out for <laughs> yeah. a while. Like, like wow. it has the six hundred week. The six hundred week. They it's asked Blaney. Been a trend of the twenties. Did you see what they asked Blaney in the six hundred week? They were like, "Oh, how'd you prepare for this really long race?" He's like, "Well, I drank less beer. <laughs> <laughs> I drank less beer this week." Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of funny. It is. Um, He's a good dude. Yeah, and he, he he tries hard, and you know I was glad to see him finally put one together there it's not the first time he's been in position to win races numerous times so it's not a surprise to see him break through it's fun so let's head into spot on spot off you guys ready hey wait a minute speaking hey, of uh blaney's I, I watched josh williams try to shotgun a beer last night and it <laughs> went completely bad it did he, yes he it, never shotgunned a beer it, no and he never probably he's, will again he's, either he's like 28 years old don't you like, learn that in yeah. college yeah. though yeah well I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, when he dropped the thing, it looked like I thought somebody turned the garden hose on, and it was spraying everywhere. (laughs) No. It was bad. So, Josh, you really need to work on your – We need to train him. He needs something. If he's going to win again, if Blaney wins again, Next time, get him a funnel because he can't screw a funnel up. Is there anything nastier than funneling beer? Because it's like, <laughs> I'm going to stick my tongue as far down this tube as I can, and I'm going to suck this beer down. And then, and you're getting so much air, then, like all the air bubbles, And then, too. hang on, Chris, and I'm going <laughs> to hand it to you, and you're going to stick your tongue even further because yours is longer than mine, and you're going to stick it in this tube. And then you're going to hand it to TJ and be like, okay, TJ, it's had two tongues in it, now it's your tongue's turn. Like, uh, uh, funneling is nasty. <laughs> 
<laughs> but Josh is going to have to do it. It's disgusting. <laughs> have you not ever funneled a beer, Josh? Huh? Have you ever funneled a beer? Oh, yeah. You, know you have to stick your tongue in the tube? <laughs> Saturday, to keep did. the beer from coming down? <laughs> That's some nasty <laughs> people. Why did we do that? Because people are stupid in college. Oh, I just did it the other week. On to the show. Sorry. Sidetrack. Spot on, spot off. Four contenders lose breaks at Pocono. The 48, the 5, the 1, and the 22. Uh, I mean, I don't really know if there's a spot on or spot off about this. uh, A lot of it to me is self-inflicted. We run – we're using more break this year than we ever have because of the downforce – the guys are having to use more brake. We're going faster, and we don't have as much downforce, so they're using more brake to slow the cars down. Yeah, it's not surprising the brakes are getting hot. When you when you look at this, you you obviously are going to say spot off. I mean, to I don't me, like to see them speeds and guys losing brakes. For for sure not. But for me, there's there's two issues. The two worst wrecks we've seen so far this year are are brake inflicted. Joey Logano lost his brakes going into one. Damn near killed Danica Patrick. Broke Amarola's back. That was because of brakes. And then we look at four other guys. Jimmy Johnson's hit. I mean, my back hurt just watching that guy yeah. hit the wall, watching him try to downshift and slow that car down. And, I mean, that's a 200-plus mile-an-hour corner. I actually had a conversation with our brake guy last night. The next package up is 44 pounds heavier than what we're currently running. So when you look at brakes and you look at weight, everything's low CG and weight, manipulating weight and all that stuff. Like, that's a big deal. But when you also look at four guys, I mean, 22 lost his brakes again yesterday. You know, so when you look at all three of these hits, they all three were in turn one. The 22 lost his in one, managed not to wreck. This is a this is a big deal, and TJ just told you what the corporate is. It's higher speed. You look at a place like Pocono, when these brakes stay hot, they work well. But you use a ton of brake getting into one to slow down to make that corner because you're going so high. That's the longest straightaway in NASCAR. Going through the tunnel, not as much brake. Going into three, not as much brake. So when they get back to turn one, they're cooler. Those rotors have cooled off. So it, it's an issue. It's certainly an issue, and I think teams are going to have to really look at it because guess what we're going to? Michigan, 208-plus miles an hour getting into one. And you probably will need some brake. you got to stop. Yeah, you got to get it slowed down. So I don't know. It, it uh, it's just we, we just not. Your brakes were probably pretty good yesterday. We actually we were losing them already. We yeah we were um, definitely when he slowed down he went faster though. So mm-hmm. that's one thing about Pocono that you can tell these guys on Friday everybody's driving into the corner so deep and qualifying and everything. And then you start the race and everybody's complaining. Then you tell you got to save fuel or or slow down. And they go faster. Yeah. So um, that's just a big characteristic of Pocono. Yeah. Spot on, spot off. The response time to Jamie McMurray after his accident. I have not seen this yet. Or lack of, I guess. Yeah, I mean. I heard it was late. It just, I don't understand why we can't get a system in place like IndyCar, IndyCar has. Yep. I mean, it's almost like IndyCar, I don't, they obviously have a, just a completely better system, yeah. but the safety trucks immediately chase the car that's involved in the accident. I think there, if there's any place in safety that we still have a lot of room for improvement, it's here. I think otherwise, man, we've done phenomenal things. We've made a lot of gains in keeping these guys safe. But in terms of getting to the cars, helping them get out, we need to do a better job. And the response time is a big deal. You know, there are a few people in the tower that are working on this stuff. David Hoots, Mike Phillips, uh, people are dispatching wreckers, dispatching ambulances, dispatching doctors, which are now in these safety trucks. We definitely have room for improvement there. Yeah, it's a fine line, too, though, because you definitely – can't roll safety equipment too soon. 
Um, you know, our cars get spread out a lot more, it seems, and we, we probably have more cars out there than any cars. So it takes longer for the field to get by. Um, so, I don't know. I, I didn't see how long it took them, but I would lo- definitely like to see. And Pocono is a big place, too, so I can see in some areas it would be harder to get crews out to, yep. you know, if one guy has to come from all the way and turn, you know, the tunnel turn, another one has to come from turn one. I can see where it would take a little bit of time, but you know there might need to be a better system where you you're driving the truck, you drop a guy off here, then I'm going to drop another guy off over there and start helping these guys or something. So. Yeah, yeah. Spot on, spot off. Danica Patrick calling out booing fans, saying, "I am a f-ing person. I have feelings." You can't say that. You say that. Yeah. That's why I beeped it out. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, I will go spot on. Because this is one of the things. This reminds me of Kyle Busch at Charlotte, mad that he did not win the race. This is Danica's personality. This is who she is. What day did this happen? After qualifying. Friday afternoon. Yep. So this is Danica. I don't think she's trying to be mean to them people, but this is just Danica. You know when you see Danica and she has that walk going that she just needs to be alone and you don't mess with her. She's hot. It is a hot walk, isn't it? Yeah. Hot walk. It is a hot walk. Take it to Mama Gia. <laughs> but that's Dana. That's her personality. That's her personality. Do I think she should sign autographs? Yes, I think she should sign autographs. But there's, um, we need personality in sport, and we're talking about it because she's that way. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she probably could have signed a lot of autographs in the amount of time that she went on that's this my, That's the other part of it. Okay, so. I, my, my, Tony Stewart's rookie year, Elliot was a rookie the same year, which was 1999, and we were at an autograph session, and a fan came up and said, Tony, can I take your picture? And he was looking outside an autographs, and he looked up at this person, and <laughs> He went crazy. He said, the sign doesn't say photograph session. It says autograph session. I'm here to sign autographs. If I were going to take photos, I'd be standing up in front of a backdrop, and he goes on this thing, and I'm literally sitting there. I thought he was kidding. I start crying laughing. Uh, He was serious. Um, (laughs) But nonetheless, he spent as much time telling this lady he wasn't going to take photos as he could have just looked up and gave her a nice little wink or did the whole tongue thing funnel to her or something. But, man, look, fans, we need their support. These people are working when they're in the garage. Sometimes, you know, those Waffle Belly people uh, look like they're at this damn zoo and we're the animals. You know, I, I don't walk through the garage much, but I'm walking through there and there's all these people standing at the fence. And I'm like, yep. you know, when I was younger in college, I, I stood at that fence. And, and I didn't have – we had like Patty Moise, you know, who, bless her heart, she's – and a lady, but she's not hot like Danica. <laughs> if I had been standing at the fence and Danica to walk by, I might have, you know, tried to run some game or something, get her over there to sign <laughs> autographs. So come on, Danica, give these fans a break. This opened up a pretty big, um, a pretty big debate too, um, on Twitter. You know, with Brad tweeting and stuff, and and uh, you know, is it their job to sign autographs? And you know, nowhere does it say you should sign every fan's autograph, but. I think it's in best interest. I mean, these people come to see you. You yeah. know, they, you're yeah. you're the hero. You're the superstar. You're the celebrity to them. I'm, I, I mean, the king. I've never seen that guy turn down an autograph yeah. opportunity. Michael Waltrip. I've never seen him turn down an autograph opportunity. Ma- majority of these guys. Dale Jarrett. Dale Jr. walks down the fence every time he can, and and not when we stop leaving the airport, we stop we stop entering the airport. Yeah. So he can sign. So he can sign autographs for people. You can make ninety nine people happy, and that one hundredth person you don't sign, you can piss them off. I've been with Elliot when somebody yep. screamed yeah. at him. We That's were at tough. an Air Force appearance at a, at a booth, and you know Elliot was signing, walking, and we had to go. We get on the golf cart, and this old guy yeah. screams and calls him an asshole. 
and uh, that didn't go over well. So fans, I got called heartless one time. Oh yeah, you got called heartless. Fans just have to be respectful, and, yeah. and drivers need to be respectful. And Danica was obviously having a bad day. I yeah, mean, I mean everyone can, has a bad time. Well, trying to get Elliot out of that appearance Friday night at Pocono, yeah. he was mobbed with people. Brett yeah. and I were surrounded. We're surrounding him just to get him to yep. the golf cart, and what he did as much this, as he uh, could, but yeah. that was almost scary. What yeah. made this worse is right after she got done going on about this, you know, 45-second lecture to this person, yeah. Austin Dillon walks up and just signs everybody's <laughs> autograph. <and> <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so, but I mean, look, this is Danica. It's who she is. She was having a bad day. Um, she does her fair share of autographs and and helps people out, so. You got to understand. Sometimes these these guys do need a little bit of a break. But just imagine coming to your workplace and worrying the shit out of you. That's what sometimes it is. And I, I yeah. mean, it's not like that. And all you're the time. having a bad day. These guys, you know, look. They make a lot of money. They have great jobs. They they live a crazy lifestyle. But they're uh, human. They, they're, they're, I have they're, to agree with that. Like. They're human, they're, man. They're a person. She said yeah. it. They're There's no reason Just to feelings. be mean to someone else. Like, no. she does have feelings. I have feelings. We all have feelings. Come on. I don't. Let's be nice feeling. to each other. Let's, Josh, let's not go plural. No need for feeling. For you have one to call feeling. Me heartless. <laughs> yeah. And know. then walk away. I mean, off. you look heartless. Doesn't? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> sure. Spot on. Spot off. Ryan Blaney versus Bush for the lead with ten to go. Man, spot on. Yeah. I mean, this race. Bush was a sitting Bush. duck. Bush was out there on 17, 18 lap tires. I actually thought Keselowski had the advantage because he had just pitted under green when the yellow came out. He was lined up on the outside with four new tires. Blaney's lined up with tires. Jones has got two tires. I honestly thought Keselowski was probably in the best spot, but, man, Kyle did everything he could to hold this kid off, and Blaney still made that move in three and cleared him. And when he cleared him, it was that's a really tough place to clear somebody and make that move. Well, especially Kyle, because Kyle knows exactly exactly what he needs to do and where to put his car to make it the air really hard to to get around. And I watched the last couple laps there, and <laughs> I mean Kyle swat he, he moved it over eight lanes on the front stretch yeah. to block him. Yeah, and uh, you know Blaney backed out a little bit there and moved up a little bit, got a better arc for turn you know one, and then. Race him down in the long, race him down in the tunnel turn, and and I thought Blaney did a great job too. That's um, not an easy place to win or sweep. That that place is tough, man. Pocono is a is is hell. I mean, it, a lot of guys don't figure it out after ten years of going there. You know, it's like a road course too. You have to have not only do you have to have the right strategy, but you have to have you know a fast car. But the strategy is bigger than almost fa- better than a fast car. Kyle Busch had the fastest car all weekend long. His crew chief electing not to pit set him up for failure. Yeah. Hell of a job of Blaney. He went, I have no like we idea. said last week, man, he went and took the win. He didn't inherit it. He took no, the lead he, and won it. He went up there and got it. All right. Let's take a break. <sighs> One Main Financial is the largest consumer finance company in the United States, and it dates back over 100 years. TJ, I did not know that, but I did know that if you were in need of a loan and your finances have taken a turn, one main can help. So race down to the closest one main branch and get back on track. You know that with more than 1,700 locations, there is bound to be one near you. There's actually one really close to us where we're at right now. So find your closest one main at onemainfinancial.com. Lending made personal. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. 
It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. So we're going to go into fast lane with the guys. I'm going to give TJ and Brett a topic to debate, and they are going to alternate who responds first. TJ is going to go first on the first question. Each of them will get 30 seconds to voice their opinion, and then whoever responded first will get a 30-second rebuttal. Ready? Yep. TJ, Roush is shutting down the full-time operation of the number six Xfinity team. Bubba Wallace is in the number 43 cup car until Almarola returns. What happens to Bubba when Eric comes back? Silly season is coming. So maybe I, I honestly think that you could you could possibly see Bubba in the 43 car more than more down the road than you think here. I think Eric might have other opportunities with sponsors and stuff, and I think you might see Bubba in that, for, especially – if he has a little bit of success in it, it might take off for him. That's a quiet dinger you got, Josh. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> too loud. It's too quiet. Uh, that better? That's I'm, worse. I'm definitely surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm very surprised that Bubba Wallace didn't finish the season in the six. Obviously, it was sponsorship implications. Very surprised that he couldn't attract a sponsor to, to finish that. Really good opportunity for him. Ford made the phone calls to these sponsors to say, you guys need Bubba Wallace in this 43. Give him a chance. He got a lot of media this weekend. He made a lot of mistakes in the race. Still managed to finish, not wreck the car. What happens to him? I'm with TJ, man. I think he could be in this thing next year. Ford needs to support Bubba Wallace for him to succeed or he won't be here. I felt like Bubba needed a change. I felt like where he was at was just kind of how it was going to be, and I feel like he needed a uh, he needed a new scenery, new scenery around him to – to get that fire back, you know, not that he not that he lost his drive, but he just needed to get that fire back. And sometimes when you get with a new group, things take off. So, and he he honestly he was decent in qualifying. So, we'll see if he can carry it over to Michigan. Yep. Which first time winner is more popular in your opinion, Ryan Blaney or Austin Dillon? Brett. Hands down, Ryan Blaney in the twenty one Wood Brothers car. I mean, we talked about the relevance of the three a few weeks ago. It's lost its luster because it hadn't been present for a very long time and when Austin came back he wasn't relevant in it. Fast cars get a lot of attention. The twenty one is a very storied number, even more so storied over time than the three. I think this is a very popular win among fans. I've never heard anybody cheer at Pocono as loud as they did when Ryan Blaney took the lead from Kyle Busch yesterday. They damn near tore the stands down. Yeah, there's a difference in the ways they won, too. Nothing Austin won that race, but Ryan Blaney passed Kyle Busch. If you watch Kyle Busch walk out on stage before the race, he gets more booze than anybody. And to have somebody, you kind of have the hero and the villain. The hero went up there and defeated the villain, and now everybody, you know, they love it. Now, um, I, I, no doubt in my mind it's Ryan Blaney. Yeah. I agree. I, 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 and look, I've said this before too. Ryan Blaney among these young guys has the least amount of full-time experience in NASCAR of anybody. He didn't run a full season in NASCAR until he got to Cup. He didn't run full trucks, did he? Mm-hmm. He did with Brad. Brad. Mm-hmm. So he ran full trucks. Then he went part-time Xfinity, part-time Cup. Now he's full-time. He's getting to do all the little things, and he's got speed. They're fast. Did anyone see Kyle's post-race interview? Just out of curiosity. I didn't. He's not surprised by anything. <laughs> Kevin Harvick's was good. He was pretty gracious about it. What did he say? Because he just I, said he was just he was waiting on um, Ryan to make a mistake, and he didn't make any mistakes. And I'll say this too: if if Kevin Harvick is in this situation, and Ryan Blaney already has a win, I think Kevin Harvick moves him the same way Mayfield moved Dale yeah. Earnhardt to win there. But because Ryan Blaney doesn't have a win, Kevin didn't want to be that guy mm-hmm. to Ryan Blaney and to the Wood Brothers. And let's face it, they're both Fords. 
that matters. I watched the replay, and I, I'm not one more lap, and it might have got really interesting there. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Kevin. I'm not sure Kevin could have got to him on that last lap. You know, Blaney hit his marks right, and, and I, it looked like and Kevin did everything he could to try to get there to set himself up, but Blaney just he nailed it, man. Yeah. Multiple cup drivers took over the broadcast this past weekend at Pocono during the Xfinity Series race. How do you think they did, and do you think they have any future in that side of the business for any particular one? I have not had a chance to listen to any of it, but I've read a lot of social media stuff, and <clears throat> it seems like people liked it and enjoyed it. Um, I do like that you know, Ryan was able to interview Brad right after the race, and then after the cup race, Brad got out real quick and ran over there and interviewed Someone's Ryan. Someone's brilliant for doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, – I think Brad just ran up there. He it did, and a, then yeah. they said, will you enter? And he took yeah. um, Jamie Little's pack. Brilliant. Yeah. It's funny. Jamie Little's pack. <laughs> <laughs> Her fanny pack. Um, I think the guys in the booth can do that job naturally. You know, obviously Kevin trying to do play-by-play -play was a lot more of a challenge probably, but just being in the booth and being an analyst, they know what they're talking about, so having the ability to speak, if they can do that, it comes natural. I think it's a lot harder to be on pit road because there's a lot more things that you're having to look to and cater to from the fan side. But if I'm a fan, I'm in heaven. Like, what else would you want to know? Than that you're getting yeah. the most relevant information. That These guys didn't just get out of the car and retire and start doing TV. These guys just got out of the car 30 minutes before the damn race started. So <clears throat> you're getting as good information as you're ever going to get. <clears throat> oh, damn, DJ, kill us. Sorry, it must have been out late. Um <laughs> Uh, the truck race, did you listen to the truck race at all? Were you watching on TV? I watched it. I thought um, Todd Bodine was great. He's always great for the truck races to me because he knows, he knows what these guys are thinking. He's been in all them positions. And it's similar to – ball-headed fool? Yes. He's been in all these positions. He's won a lot of truck races, so he knows he what these guys are thinking. And, um, and he raced like a – He did. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, it's great to have these guys. And you're right. I, I'm not even sure it's 30 minutes when they these guys get out. These guys get out of the cars, literally, <laughs> they go change. So Joel Edmonds, who spotted for Bubba this weekend, who's a comedian. He's he's a he, funny dude. He, when he he's, gets rolling, he's pretty He's funny. the most cynical human being on the planet. So here comes Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, Joy Logano dressed up. <laughs> Joel says, you guys look like a bunch of pallbearers. <laughs> 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 oh, I fell off the crate. I was Denny off. sat down and I. he came on the screen and I was like, it looks like he's wearing his dad's suit and his mom combed his hair. His hair was right. <laughs> he got some hair uh, tips. Yeah, I think it's good, though. But these guys are literally fresh out of the cars. They know what they just felt. They can explain it better than... <laughs> you heard the song? What is it? It says holla. <laughs> We're not to that part yet. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. I might go on the next one. Oh boy! Do they pay you license or do they pay you to use that? Holla! Many Holla. believe that Chase Briscoe was in the lead when the yellow came out at Texas during the truck race. Ultimately, NASCAR proved that Bell was in the lead when the caution flew. What are your thoughts on this call and the rule in general? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna need more than 30 seconds. I know it. <laughs> I'm gonna give well, you. My we won't even use the dinger. On I'm, this I'm, I'm gonna give you my first take, and then I'm gonna hand it over to TJ, who is somewhat biased because that's his truck, and then I'll, I'll come back, and then we can keep going back and forth. I don't care. My initial reaction to this is we are very prepared as a sport to show you a photo finish that comes to the checker. <clears throat> we are not prepared as a sport to show you a photo finish where the yellow is involved. TV 
didn't have, according to Steve O'Donnell, quote, the right shot. Well, whose fault is that? If we can't base this thing on the yellow being shown or the yellow light coming out and analyzing where those trucks are at that time, what can we base it on and why did it take you 12-plus hours to come out with the rule? We are a national sport, and it just looked like we kind of made it up as we go just because of the – I mean, I'm sitting at home, and based on everything that I have to look at, the 29 truck won to me. And, I mean, I, I do some work for Cobbush Motorsports on a part-time basis. want to see those guys do well. But based on all the resources I had in front of me as a fan and on TV, the 29 truck won. Yeah, I don't uh, – the pitcher, when you say that um, they proved Bell, all they did was show a pitcher of a Without a yellow in it. Without a yellow in it with a time with – a, with a replay with a fast-forward and rewind screen on it that's going to be on there the whole time. I don't – that's not a timestamp to me. And this is the first time that I've ever heard this timestamp stuff as well. You know, I didn't hear no – when we lost to Logano at Talladega in 2015, I didn't hear nothing about no timestamp. Holy. So, I mean, I we need to be more prepared. There's no reason why we shouldn't have something with an angle that shows the caution light and, you know, where the trucks are. And I don't go by this. Well, there's a delay. When that light comes on, I don't care about – if you go – well, the caution, there's a point, oh, oh, whatever delay. No, I'm going by that picture when that light comes on because that's when you're freezing the field. So did that's they re-show this? So O'Donnell's tweet says TV did not show correct shot prior going prior to going off the air. Did they then show that on TV? Or this was so this was far after? Tweet. This was his tweet after the fact. Yeah, and that picture does nothing for me. I just I have I have two issues with this. Number one is when Bill France created this concept of NASCAR. He wanted the fans who left the stands to know who won the race. And if I'm a fan mm-hmm. in the stands, I'm not sure I know who won that race because yeah. because when the yellow come out, the 29 truck is in front of him if I'm astute enough to be watching that. you know. And then my second thing is I really thought the next day, because TJ and I were texting back and forth about this as it happened, I really thought the next day, for the first time ever in NASCAR history, we were going to see a retraction. I thought they would come out and going to say, after further review of this situation, this is what we've decided, the 29 truck won. And I based that on everything that TV put in front of me. If I'm a fan, I only have two things. My eyeballs live at the event, the TV in front of me, or the radio to paint the picture. And then kind of none of that happens. So I feel like, again... We're ready for a photo finish at start finish. Beyond that, we got some work to do and we got some explaining to do to the fans. Because what had happened if this had been Homestead, if this had been the Daytona 500? Like, yeah. it, it just certainly seems to us, you know, and this is industry people, this is media people, this is the team people. It certainly seems, seems to us that there was some discretion in the decision. Yeah, I. I who, and who made the decision? Elton Sawyer was in Pocono with us. Who's over this series? I have no now? idea. Um, this this is the second week in a row that we that we're talking about this. What we should not just finish these races under yellow. Yeah, plate races. We race back to that overtime line on the back stretch. That's fine with me. These other tracks. Let's just race till we get somebody to the nose to the start finish line. That's what Tim Fedor said last night. I rode home with him, and he was like, "Man, we just need to race checkered every week. That way, there's no confusion." And here's we're my gonna, thing: we're going to have some wrecks every now and yeah. then. But that—that's that was a great race. We should be talking about the racing. We shouldn't be talking about the rules and the ruling. Yeah, that, I and agree. we wouldn't be if we'd done what TJ said. I, I mean, uh, there's just too much. We're we're losing good racing. I didn't want that race to end. No, uh, the, watching watching Chase Briscoe and. And uh, and Christopher Bell go at it was man. That's what we need, man. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah, man, that, that's awesome. Yeah.
And it's no – for once, it wasn't Matt Crafton. It wasn't Johnny Sauter. Those guys are back there hanging on, you right. know, and and uh, we got these two kids that are sideways off every corner racing each other, in each other's doors. I was waiting for each one of them to spin out every lap. But, yeah. no, man, they're – I mean – it, it was a youth movement in the truck race. It was a youth movement great in the race. cup race. And, I mean, NASCAR's been pushing this. It's nice to yeah. see it organically happen on the racetrack. Yeah, let's race. The off-the-wall topic. Skid Row will be performing at Michigan this weekend. If you ran a track, concert venue, sports facility, et cetera, what musical act would you want to bring in? TJ. Skid Row. Wow. By the you way, know. I saw three Iron Maiden t-shirts in a <laughs> row this weekend in the Pocono infield. That's oh, I, I knew that was this was coming. I almost <laughs> called this second ago. You can talk. We can listen to this in the background. Skid Row. Brett, Brett was a young boy. Dude, I'm going to this concert <laughs> and I'm going to take my shirt off. You whip it around your head. I'm like going to go wild. This is Skid Row, man. And I will video that. <laughs> I love Skid Row. When is this concert? Saturday night. Stay on Dale Jr.'s bus. So you <laughs> will go. So you are going to go and take your shirt off. Yes. I'm going. I'm going to grow a beard like that guy. I only got two days, and then I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, we've had such a wide variety of concerts. I, you know, it's hard to – it's hard to. so we're trying to get young kids involved. But then we also want to please – you know, the people that have been fans of NASCAR for a long time yeah. that are yeah. probably more into the, the I'm Kansas. more apt to go to a Skid Row concert than a country concert. Here's what I think you need to do. I think you need to get with Steve and Stefan and, uh-huh. and all the PR people and marketing people. Extend your room or just sleep on an air mattress outside the bus somewhere <laughs> in a tent. In a tent. And we all go to Skid Row We all together. go party. Or, I'm getting yeah. Justin Bieber if it's up to me on who's coming in. Since I can't bring Michael Jackson back from his deep sleep issue, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring – what did he have too much of propothal? Yeah. Stay off propothal, people. Puts you to sleep forever. <laughs> Jaeger. Uh, God, that still sickens me. Um, Isn't ju- that the same thing that um, Justin Prince had too? No, he had other issues. I mean, when you look at all these people dying, they're yeah, dying from you know legal drugs. Justin Bieber might be pretty good. I mean, he did <clears throat> he does like racing stuff. He's always speeds through his neighborhood and stuff. Remember that? Michigan's close to Canada. He's a Canadian. <laughs> That's true. Hey, hey, yeah. Justin Doesn't Bieber. Doesn't he live in L.A. though? Justin uh, Bieber? Yeah. yeah. He lives where the hell he wants. He's Justin Bieber. <laughs> that is true. TJ. You know, I I don't even know who I would bring. I, I appreciate the guy. Like, this is pretty cool to me to bring Skid Row. Um, <laughs> you know, it's almost a little bit before my time, but, you know, it's still, I know who they are. It's Bieber right here. He's a believer. I like Justin Bieber's we music. We have a believer. <laughs> Listen to that voice. How can you not like that guy? When you made me watch that documentary, I was like, Bieber fan. It's too bad we can't mix this with 18 in a life, you got it. Yep. As long as you love DJ. me, 18 in a life, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of mix them, you know? Who are you bringing in, Josh? Um, I don't know. Maybe like an ACDC or something. That'd be good. Yeah. Bales, bales. I thought I Kansas. I thought Kansas at Kansas was pretty thoughtful. Here's, a, uh, here's, here's the best – college drinking song acdc thunderstruck have a drink on me and every time they say have a drink on me you have to take a drink what i thought that was sweet caroline oh every time they say go buy you a 12 pack kristen gluten-free beer for you and get you a 12 pack of beer and every time they say have a drink on me take a drink i mean you remember all the taking drink games in college heck yep um pyramid was my favorite heck yep (laughs) But t- have a drink on me? Oh, you listen to that twice and you're laid uh, out. 
Thunderstruck is is Thunderstruck. Did, did you ever play that? Yeah. God, he you gone. got that one long one. Yeah, <laughs> you were screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he gone. I don't know. I, I, yeah, come on, TJ. Who you got? Yeah, I'm. I'm Elton John. Like, oh my <laughs> God! I'm Damn. kidding. Are you kidding I'm me? Kidding. Phil Collins. I love Elton Phil John. Collins. <laughs> I love Elton John, but come on. <laughs> yeah, Elton, I was totally Elton kidding. John and NASCAR fans. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like, like they're mixing up because we've had some country, we've had some, you know, yeah. Um, we've had a little bit of classic rock, and yeah, I think it's pretty cool we mix it up. I honestly, the song gets me fired up on the airplane. As I well. want Flo Rida, Eminem, and Rihanna when they do that song about there's monsters under my bed. Yeah, <laughs> I know these people in my head and all. Not how the song goes, but sure. Yeah, that song gets me fired up. Like, I just want to do something crazy. Yeah. You know, you sing it. I have it in my uh, lifting playlist. I don't know why it gets me pumped up, but I Me too, does. man. I, I Eminem like, would um, be good at a NASCAR race. Vegas is pretty cool, though. I think... Because he looks... He I honestly would beaters. like to see someone like... Um, <laughs> who's that techno guy that just... That, that just does all the just doesn't really play like... It's not Cal- like... Calvin Harris? No, there's another guy that does um, mixing stuff. He had a big broadcast um not too long ago maybe a month or two ago yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah i can't remember guy who wears like the mouse head or whatever may he all he's doing no, is up there turntable stuff whatever mouse the name of <laughs> whatever <laughs> not, like not a bunch Mickey. of morons right now Mickey he's the mouse. most popular dj probably um let me look it up josh Let's see what it says here most popular dj it's like it starts with an a doesn't it um afro man <laughs> Josh was gonna come to work, but he got high. It's EDM music, right? EDC, Edamame, electric dance music, or something. Ah, uh, probably, yeah. Um, the Wi-Fi in here is not great. Why? The word? How are we not on good Wi-Fi with Dell Junior? He ran a T1 line for 17 miles. He did so put his charger in here. <laughs> All right. Well, this show <laughs> went on a tangent again. Hashtag Ask DBC. At Cornwit asks, which is more surprising, the 2017 winners, the 3, the 17, the 21, and the 31, or the non-winners, the 4, the 11, the 18, and the 20? What the hell does this mean? Rewind. Martin Garrix is the guy I was talking about. Oh, that's not who I was thinking You're talking about Afrojack. No, I'm not. Well, that is one. Calvin Harris, Draft Punk, Skrillex, Avicii. Avicii. That's what I was thinking Yeah, Tiesto. I would bring some in guys. I would bring in some people like that. That's what I would do. Yeah, talk about being relevant with the fans. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Have you seen that? Carry I on. don't know what this question means. I so. tell what it means. So what he's saying is what's more surprising, the young guys winning or the older guys yeah. not winning? Yeah, these like Denny's not winning Pocono. Oh. Like he dominated. By the way, oh. Cornwit is our official scorekeeper for DBC picks. Uh, Kristen will send you a hat. I'm not, I'm not necessarily – I mean, clearly you would say I'm more surprised that these guys have won and these other guys haven't, right? But what I'm more surprised is – these damn win slots for these 16 playoff spots are filling up rather quickly because guys that we didn't think were going to win are yeah. winning because we still know that Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth, Clint Boyer, you know, the list goes – Dale Jr. <laughs> Easy, man. The list, Easy the list goes <laughs> on and on for guys that still can win because Dale Jr.'s got Daytona coming up. Clint's got Sonoma coming up. You know, Kevin Harvick's good dang near everywhere. Denny's good at a lot of places like – we may have sixteen freaking winners. Yeah, the these these slots are filling up. Like I didn't have the thirty one pegged for one of them. I did not have the seventeen in one of them. Did not have the three in one of them. Uh, the twenty one 
was definitely a high possibility. But, you know, I I definitely would have thought Kyle Busch would have won before any of those other four. But mm. At Zoom underscore Buck underscore 80 asks, your first one is a spotter when, where, and who. Ma. Should that be whom? I just said whom. Whom, mama. Mama? TJ? <laughs> I think my first win as a spotter was winning at Bristol with How do you Brad. Know? What are you talking about? I think. What the hell is this? You don't know when your first win Are we talking was? like just Xfinity or copper or what? Your first, your first win, win as a period. spotter. I was Bristol with Brad in the Navy car. Awesome. What was your first cup win? I believe the first cup win. Well, we when we went to the uh, went to the cup series, when I uh, went to Hendrick, we won. I don't know if you count this or not, but we won the Saturday night, the showdown, whatever you want to call it, or um, the clash, whatever you call that race. Um, we won that, and then we won – the duel later that week as well and then uh, I think the real first win would have been Michigan yeah my first cup win was night sorry 2001 with the Wood Brothers Bristol my sixth race I'd ever spotted and I was like wow this is really easy <laughs> um first Xfinity win came with Greg Biffle first truck win came with Case Kane at Rockingham and uh I mean you look back at them and they're all super fun but that first cup win is a big deal yeah, for sure. It, it's it's cool, man. Because I mean, how many I, cup wins you got? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at them. How many you think? Five, six. Uh, counting those races you just counted. Should I've we won go to racing reference and find out how many? Three they of have. them. <laughs> Elliot won three cup races. <laughs> I won two with Clint. One couple with Burton. They were nine points still. Probably seven or eight cup wins. Um, but just to win with a company like the Wood Brothers is fun because Glenn and Leonard Wood started that race team in 1950. And they started in Stewart, Virginia. And, and I'll be very honest with you. Still there. When, when Elliot Sadler left the Wood Brothers, I didn't think they'd ever win another race again. And it wasn't because Elliot was this great talent that, you know, was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, and because he left, the, the team was screwed. It was – the race team was in Stewart, Virginia. They weren't making a lot of strides to get better. They were aligned with Roush. TJ will tell you, when you align with Roush, it sounds good, but you're not going to get what Roush is producing that's the best. They're going to handpick that stuff. You're going to get the next best thing. They realized that. You know, they hired Ricky Rudd, couldn't win. Next thing you know, you know, they, they win the Daytona 500 with Trevor Bain. Big deal. They move their race team to Charlotte. They leave Stewart, Virginia because they realize the talent pool is bigger down here. Their cars are still off. They're running a part-time schedule. They've got a long ways to go. Now they've changed their alignment last year to being with Ryan Blaney, being with Penske. It's been a huge payoff for them. I mean, they, they could potentially be a real contender in this championship this year because of the moves they made. And I think it just goes back to sports in general. If you look at their statistics, man, when Leonard Wood was a crew chief, they won nonstop. I mean, I think I think I read yesterday was like their 99th win or something. But if you look at statistics up to when, you know, Morgan Shepard got there, that was the first driver that Leonard Wood wasn't the crew chief for. They stopped winning. And Eddie and Lynn took the team over, and, and they have not given up. They've been very resilient, and what do we got to do to be win and be relevant? And there's nobody in the garage, not one team in the garage, that's been more loyal to a manufacturer. They've been Ford forever. And Ford's also been loyal to them. That motorcraft that's on that, that hood of that car yesterday, that is the service <clears> department <throat> for Ford dealerships. So 
it's just a great marriage. And, and again, I'm happy for Josh, the, the spotter, because you can't win with a better, better team than the Wood Brothers because they treat you like family when you're over there. Yeah, it's hard not to be happy for that team to win. They still have the – in Stewart, they still have a museum there, I believe. They do. They do. It's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see them. And they're fast weekly, man. It's fun to see them having fun again. A lot of questions about the future. They asked Eddie Wood yesterday, do you have Blaney back in your car next year? And he's like, right now I'm just going to enjoy this win and being in this playoff and being in this position. We mm-hmm. hear a lot of things, and then this certainly yeah. isn't rumor mill, but there's a lot of owners that want a shot at Blaney. They wanted it before he won that race yesterday. A lot of rumors Penske's trying to start a third team to bring him more in-house. This team, though, is very, very, very aligned with Ford and with Penske. It would not yeah. surprise me based on how big of a fan that Ford is, based on how big of a friends that Blaney is, that, that if Blaney goes to Penske, Bubba doesn't end up in that 21 car. Yeah, I'm not – you know, I almost feel like Blaney's the perfect fit for that 21 car. He went in there and turned it around with them, and I feel like it – I'm not saying he was not a good fit anywhere else, but you got to roll in, man. I would – you don't have a lot – yeah. you know, it, you don't have a lot of uh, to answer to, really. You kind of do your own deal there, and – you get a lot of support, and um, I think it's a great fit for him. Yeah. Jeremy Bullins, a crew chief that people haven't heard a lot of. I've had the opportunity to work with Jeremy as, as engineers on a lot of teams I was on. This guy has spent his entire life wanting to be a crew chief. I mean, I remember him coming to me going, hey, man, I heard Elliot needs a crew chief. I want to do it. You know, I think I can win with Elliot Sadler. So, when you know, some of these guys, some of these engineers and these car chiefs sit back waiting on their phone to ring. Jeremy wasn't that guy. He was knocking on doors going, I want to be a crew chief. I want to be a crew chief. And when he got a line – with that Penske deal, he's won a lot of races yeah, he's over there. Good. So I mean, he won I think with a, with not with Dingling over there <laughs> uh, with the Penske deal. And Dingling ran some of them cars, but that's your boy. They, uh, I'm just happy for all them guys. To be honest with you, and I mean, it, some people go, "Well, how can you be happy? You compete against these guys." Hey, you can be happy. You know, I mean, you have to be humble in defeat, right? At some point, everyone's family. Yeah, <laughs> we're not you and me. We're not family. Well, <laughs> it's true. I- E-U-N-G-R-V-T asks, if you were in Dale's position with bad luck last season, would that make you want to race next year? Uh, No, I don't don't think this changes anything. Once you make that decision, you make that decision. I don't think it's going to change him. I think he's not giving less effort. We've had some bad luck and, you know, made some mistakes, but I don't think that changes anything. How many races have you been home before they're even over? Four? Probably at least. Got to fix that, man. Yeah. Don't Position by attrition. At Golfman60 asks, what's the best flyover you've ever witnessed? I get nervous during flyovers with helicopters because every time I turn on, you know, CNN, there's a helicopter crash somewhere. Man, I don't know. I'm not a helicopter fan. I think a couple times we've had stealths and stuff come over. We've had a stealth once or you twice back You can't even see them, day. though. You can't see those. They're very, very stealthy. <laughs> <laughs> How can you say that's the best when you couldn't see it? I got good eyes. Those planes are invisible. Oh, good boy. <laughs> My Great. favorite good. flyover uh, was when they banned flyovers, when the U.S. government <laughs> said, hey, uh, we can't have flyovers anymore because, you know, even though we consider this as marketing to attract nice military people and all this stuff, like it's costing too much money. And so Obama was kind enough to say no more flyovers. And then we had this car it was dressed up as an airplane, and it came down the racetrack <laughs> on the front stretch, and I was like, now we got fly-unders. Uh, anyway. I liked had... when Nick Willenda did the tightrope across Charlotte Motor Speedway. Do you remember that? 
What an idiot. Yeah. God, I was just waiting for that to go bad. <laughs> what a remember when that cable, idiot. Remember when that cable fell? Oh, yeah, the cable fell at Charlotte. That's oh, bad. That was bad. Yeah. Oh, what disastrous. an idiot. <laughs> what? Who the f*** wakes up and goes, I'm going to get this little bitty wire, and I'm going to walk across some stuff. <laughs> They've been doing it for hun- like 100 years. They're idiots. The flying Walendas. They're idiots. Yeah, they've had a lot of people die in their family. From so, that. did you guys watch the Indy car race, Josh? I know you didn't. You yeah, were drunk. <laughs> I, I tried not to, but I couldn't stop looking at it. It was, uh, it was. Uh, they, they've got a really nice rules package. They're putting on a really good show. They wrecked a lot of cars. I stayed up all night and watched it. And uh, you know, as the a race, Canadian Grand Prix, right? As the as the race winded yeah. down, it was in Texas. As the as the race, you're talking Formula One. Oh yeah, sorry. That's a different kind of open wheel. Yeah. But as the race wound down, um, it got to six to go. The yellow came out. They finished under caution. Reminded me of how great our green white checkers are. But my issue with 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 watching that entire broadcast was these drivers are out there going 225 miles an hour, six inches apart. They're crazy. They're six inches apart. And then when they get interviewed, the first thing they do is turn into the biggest. You have ever heard, and you're like, oh, my God, we're too close out there. We shouldn't be racing like this. This is dangerous. Well, you know what, bud? If you don't want to do this, take your little pansy ass home because there's 20 World of Outlaw drivers or sprint car drivers that will gladly get in that seat and go out there and do what you're doing. Like, don't be on TV being this badass that's doing something that I can't do. And the first thing you do when you get interviewed is your skirt's blowing all up in your damn face. (laughs) That drives me bananas. You talk about PR fail. Like, they need to make these people go back and watch – what they do, and so they know how big of a wuss they sound like. I think you can get the feel for it if you just watch social media when it's going on. You'll have people being like, "You need to tune into this. You need to watch this. This is great. This is ridiculously awesome." You know, these guys are. I mean, it was an awesome race. I it, I didn't even I didn't <clears throat> I wanted to not watch, but I couldn't look away because they were. Did you watch? hear the interviews of those pansies? No, I, I we didn't have it in my hotel, so I was watching it on my iPad. First of all, they weigh about 107 pounds, so you don't really look that tough. But I'm taking into consideration what you just did before you got on TV, and you're a badass. And then you're gonna get on TV and be a complete wimp. Who did that? <laughs> all of them. Oh, this is too dangerous. We're pack racing. It's too close together. And the best race, literally, that I've ever seen in my life was the Indy cars at Fontana, two or three years ago. The absolute best race. I was sitting in a bar, imagine that. Uh, could not believe what my eyes were seeing. And they did the same thing. And then they saw IndyCar quit going to Fontana. Like, if you're going to be scared, stay at home. If you're scared, go to church. There's a place for you in life. It's not in a race car. I'm serious. That's my rant. I'm over. I'm hushing. So, All right. DBC picks, Brett 9, TJ 5. I keep getting hosed on this, man. <laughs> I got finished fourth. Chase ran. Chase came from the back, basically up there. Ran good. Look, look at your finishes, and then look at mine. I got a fourth, a third, a fifth, a third. Yeah, a but third, you know you fourth. don't have that old number one you, over there. You got one number I two, got, one number one, and your other finishes. I'm suck. locked into the playoffs. I got the win. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got? We're going to Michigan. I wish I knew the stage wins because I'd have you covered. Oh God, we're going to Michigan. Who you got? Bubba Michigan, Wallace. Michigan is uh, I don't know. Um, Timmy Hill. <laughs> God, I guess. Carl Long. You know Carl Long? Yeah, no thanks. Is Brendan gone? <laughs> He's been gone. You know what, man? I don't. I feel like I need to make up some ground here. Um, I do need to make up some ground. Hey, they didn't mark off last week's. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not picking him. Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott and Kurt Busch. Come on, come yeah. on, guy. Yeah, man. Our uh, our DBC guy, Cornwit. 
Yeah, you didn't mark him off. You got to do Josh's job or, better for him. Or Josh printed the wrong list. <laughs> Maybe Josh printed the wrong list. Josh just burped. Would you just pick a freaking driver? <laughs> Are you in a hurry? Yes, I have a conference call at 11.15. Oh, you got seven minutes. Yeah. We'll just you, occupy that. 30-second walk minutes. upstairs. Find that Eminem song. It needs to be our closing music <laughs> yeah. for the day. Afraid of the monsters. I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I'll take the 88. Dale Jr.? Yeah, I'll roll with it. Wow. Or is there any shifting required at this place? Nope. We're good. <laughs> Just put it in fourth and let it ride. Yep. He's we're going gonna, with the 88. Then we're I'll restarting tell you, in fourth. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. If he's going with his guy, it's only going to be fair if I go with mine. So I'll go with Clint Boyer. Well, judging by your phone call, you might not want to do that. Monsters, the my bed. You get wound up. That's Look at you dancing. I, I hear it on a plane. I just want to jump out. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. Yeah, One Exalta. Main. Exalta had an awesome presence in Pocono. Yes, One Main Financial is awesome. we got to get some new reads. You and I did such a good read. We're we are. So we're uh, so many loans that they, we need some new stuff. The, oh, I had, uh, the production form has been put into Mike Davis. They'd like to also have the both of you on video so they can push that socially from One Main I need. I need a dress code for that. Would you know that <laughs> I had a, a shirt that says Cox on it? This says Cox. I had a I Philadelphia like Eagles football player tell me he was going to tackle me. Yeah. Yeah. Because he walks fly, in there. Eagles, and, fly, and, uh, it Oh, was, the Exalta thing? It was Fletcher Cox, and he's in there. And we're going through questions and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we got any questions for that guy right up there. He said he's a big Redskins fan. He gave me this look, and he was looking at me. I, Their cheerleaders need to do the whole 30. I saw them yesterday. <laughs> the cheerleaders looked exceptionally good. One had a muffin top, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like me with a wig on. That was the, that, <laughs> that was the mascot. Gap tooth, ball spot, fat as hell. Oh. God, lady, you're supposed to be pretty. You try when you agree to try out for this. Oh. You're saying I'm really pretty naked. <laughs> now, hey, thanks yeah, to yeah. one main. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yeah, Peace. we're gonna leave on that. Oh. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliot Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 